Welcome to Arts North, Everything Art. I'm Michael Cast, and uh, I want to take a minute here to thank my sponsors, uh, Linda Rempel and Sun Life Insurance and the Prince George and District... Oh, no, sorry, that, sorry, Sean. The Community Arts Council of Prince George and District. There, I've done my... I've done my begging duties for the, <laughs> for the, and I got my tagline right. For the first, I don't know, 16 episodes, I, I couldn't remember my own tagline. But I have in the, uh, in the studio today, Twyla Exner. Did I get that right? You did, yep. All right. Hi, Twyla. Hello. Twyla is the, uh, and I can never remember titles, program. The director of public programs Direct at Two Rivers at Gallery. Two Rivers Gallery. But we're not here to talk about Two Rivers Gallery. We're here to talk about barnacles and things. Yeah. Right? Things? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So first of all, you've been in Toronto. You were down in Toronto. I was. And you did an installation there. Then you flew back to Kamloops or here to Kamloops or Vancouver and then went to Kamloops. I've, I went from Toronto to Kamloops via Calgary. Okay. Yeah. And you did an installation there. I did. Two different shows. Yep. Two different, two very different uh, sculptures, types of sculpture. Right? Yeah. So let's talk first of all about things. Okay. Things in Toronto. And lay it on me. What's, what's. What's, what's happening? What's, what's, what what's, what's the, what is the things? <laughs> First of um, all, what are things and what are they doing in Toronto? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, so things is a series of woven telephone wire sculptures. Mm -hmm. So the story from te for telephone wire kind of goes way back. Um, when I was in university, I was making sculptures out of willow branches that mm -hmm. I had collected from the man-made creek around Regina, Saskatchewan. And... I was interested in making kind of organic forms with them. And eventually they were kind of limiting to what I wanted to do. And I was really lucky in that a friend of mine uh, picked up a length of telephone wire cable from a construction site. It was like a, in the demolition pile, uh, brought it to me, kind of gifted it. Yeah. And so inside this telephone cable was hundreds of copper wires that are covered in colorful plastic coatings. Mm -hmm. And so I started to use those to make sculpture out of. Um, at first, I welded structures, and I was wrapping the wire around those structures. Oh, welding? Yeah, yeah. So the, I wasn't welding the wires. I was welding the interior structure mm -hmm. and then wrapping the wire. But welding, like arc welding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With rebar? Uh, yep. Which or is just, a, ev just everything. Yeah, just yeah. like re it was a thin rebar. Yeah. yeah. And then my, in doing that, I created these like super, super heavy sculptures that, you know, who can keep those things around <laughs> or yeah. lug them or anything. So um, eventually I needed to find a different way of working with the wire and a series of events led to weaving it. So it's something that I've had in my practice for quite some time. And the things, sculptures, evolved out of a, a series of other wire sculptures that came first um, that progressively kind of became more creature-like. Mm -hmm. They're inspired formally by things from nature, so like seed pods, sea creatures, um, 
even like our own internal organs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're no one thing in particular. They're just a general thing, um, hence the title. <laughs> and so uh, things are uh, at Lightform in Toronto. Lightform's a high-end lighting store in um, Toronto, and I was invited to participate in that exhibition as a part of Design Toronto, which is a design festival by Kate Duncan, who is a furniture maker, originally from Vancouver, recently relocated to Toronto. Mm -hmm. She curates uh, an exhibition every year called Address, where she invites uh, artists and designers to come and assemble their work together. And the idea is to kind of network and hopefully sell some things and just kind of meet new people. So when you say invited, did you do, was there a call for submissions or were you cordial, like, like, like just were you, or it was just an invitation just for you? I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, was yeah. it a call for submissions or was it just, how did she see, did she see your work and she liked it and, and then she invited you? Yeah. So, um, I became a member of the BC Crafts Council Uh, earlier in 2019 and she saw my work through the social media feed of the bc arts council oh okay yeah um and invited me from from there and i i would say i was definitely in my opinion and probably many others uh the weirdest kind of (laughs) work in the exhibition for sure i mean there was a lot of really beautiful very expensive handmade furniture, Mm -hmm. um, pillows, rugs, all kinds of home accessories. There were uh, some abstract paintings. And then there were the things things. kind of crawling around and hanging out with all the design work. It was amazing. I have to say I've never, you know, had a sculpture hang out on a (laughs) $16,000 table before. So it was pretty cool. Now it's a $16,000 sculpture and a table. That's right. Yes, that's correct. Um, so with this, now is this only in one place in Toronto? Is it just in light form? Yeah, it's just in light form. Okay, I'm getting maybe I'm getting confused because there's another there's another uh, show in Toronto that's all over Toronto. Yeah, so Design okay. Toronto, Design Toronto is all over Toronto, and this show that I was a part of, Address, is a part of Design Toronto. Oh, which okay. it's kind of like I don't know. Clustering is, is, is that it? like a, a word where you know there's a, a bunch of events that form Design Toronto. Oh, okay. so this is this was one of them. Like Cold Snap, except yeah, different. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then you went. So the things you got them. We're gonna have to get some um, social media contacts from you. Yeah. Um. How long? So what university? Well, university. You said you graduated, just graduated from university, and you were doing things with the with Willow. Oh yeah, when I was in university, I I did my undergraduate degree at the University of Regina, mm-hmm. which is where I was working with Willow, and then started working with Wire. So I've been working with Wire for quite some time, but the things are more recent sculptures. We were talking before before we got in here about the different places and. And we've been to a lot of, like, we lived in a lot of the same places. I mean, I didn't live in Estevan, but I worked in Estevan. Yeah. I lived in Prince Albert. You lived in Prince Albert. That's right. Winnipeg, we have 
Did you live in Winnipeg? No, I just visited there a few times. Yeah. yeah <laughs> they used to have a really good, I, I was saying that I lived in Kenora. They used to have a really good, they'd close down Portage of Maine and put up three, stu, uh, three uh, stages. And they used to have a, a, a nice concert in the summer. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so then when you left Toronto, so they're all installed. The things are there. They're hanging out with. Like posh tables. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then you have barnacles. That's right. And that's at Kamloops uh, Art Gallery is a beautiful gallery. I was there. Well, when did my wife? She had surgery a few, uh, a couple times, three times. But um, I think within the last year and a half before they finished, before they finished all their renovations. And I don't know if they finished all their renovations in the gallery or not. Have they? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful space. And so you've got barnacles hanging out. Barnacles attached to? Satellite dishes. Satellite dishes. (laughs) Okay. I need to hear the story. (laughs) All right. So um, do you ever go to a big city and you see like apartment buildings with just like so many satellite dishes on every little apartment? So I'm really interested in that aesthetic. And... I think it looks really similar to barnacles on a rock. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I also see both barnacles and satellites as being these structures that are left behind after they've kind of outlived their purpose. So barnacles, of course, their life cycle, and satellites, in a similar way, their life cycle as well. So you put up a satellite, you enjoy your satellite television for a few years, then you get Netflix, you don't use your satellite anymore, but it's still there. Mm-hmm. So um, I was also interested the, of, in them as both being receptacles, as both being these kind of like filters for for which whichever purpose. And so um, one day it just kind of popped into my head that, you know, Barnacle was a great object to put on a satellite dish it actually came through a series of drawings that i was doing um kind of reimagining sea creatures and satellite dishes space satellites and cell towers as kind of hybrid forms Mm -hmm. and i was using the barnacle image on the satellite dish and from there i just really wanted to create it as a tactile object so i started collecting satellites um, I made really large, much, much larger than life barnacles out of um, plasticine, took rubber molds of them, and then cast them in a urethane, which is basically a, a plastic. Mm-hmm. So they're, those barnacles are then fixed onto the satellite dishes, and I have 20 of them up at the Kamloops Art Gallery. So mm-hmm. it forms an installation uh, in the gallery itself, and then there's a couple that are hanging out in the building as well because mm-hmm. they're attached to a library. Yeah, I I, uh, <clears throat> I only saw a few things on on uh, Instagram. Yeah, right. Some from your Instagram feed, and uh, I thought there was one on the ceiling. Yeah, I think there was one on the ceiling. Yeah, but your barnacles, your bar, like your the things mm-hmm. are very colorful. Yes, the barnacles not so much. Right. Yeah. Is, is that because barnacles just aren't colorful to begin with? Neither are satellite dishes for that matter. Yeah. Um, 
with with the things they are super colorful and it's really fun to be able to play with color and pattern uh within them the the wires come in those colors so mm-hmm. that's kind of the how the material is on its own um whereas the barnacles i i did have the choice to make them any color i wanted and i i did play with the idea of making them like really bright uh colors but in the end i decided that i wanted them to look really natural mm-hmm. it kind of i'm i'm really interested in like sci-fi and like apocalypsy <laughs> are of, you really yeah <laughs> uh situations so in keeping them kind of natural looking it it allows the imagination to kind of play on like did these evolve here are these like some sort of like An alien yeah post-apocalypse yeah. giant barnacles that have grown all over these satellites in the city you know that kind of I that kind of possibility yeah. <laughs> I'm going to look at them in an entirely new way now. Yeah. <laughs> so you like post-apocalyptic imagery. I do, yeah. <laughs> Is there any other work that you have that, that, that sort of you draws on that that theme? Um, I, I guess not as much. I um, The series of drawings that I mentioned which the series was called Adaptations. Uh, but it's, but that work is actually pretty colorful. And mm-hmm. it, it kind of imagines, reimagines space satellites with uh, various forms of nature sprouting out of them. So mm-hmm. there's like a beehive and there's one um, that has kind of like succulents growing from it, these kinds of things. I'm also interested in, you know, bioengineering and kind of imagining all the experiments that, that go wrong and um, thinking about kind of our cyborg future. So all of those ideas start to play into my imaginings, although they don't come across in really literal ways in my work. I was just, uh, I was just reading a story uh, and I, I, I had posted it on the Arts North uh, Facebook page and website. And it talks about artificial intelligence and art. And there was a there was a a computer an artificial intelligence program that 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 took what it thought was so it 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 made a piece of art it's the the the, the piece the the painting I don't know what do you want to call it painting sold for four hundred and twenty five thousand dollars and and so that lends like what do you think do you think do you think an an artificial artificial intelligence is as just by itself is artist oh that's a really like heavy philosophical question um well no um <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty easy answer <laughs> but i i think that probably the person you know who programmed it had those intentions right there's a mm-hmm. number of artists who kind of play with you know robots or mm-hmm. ai and you know in in coding and teaching those things, you know, what is good art and what is bad art to them, to the them. programmer. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's for now maybe still comes back to humans, but who knows? I mean, they, stra- our future is strange times, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. <clears throat> I never thought I would be making art because uh, I do a lot of computer, a lot of computer art, and I never thought I would be doing that now right in fact i thought i was going to be living in a cabin in in 
in the north in the Yukon or <laughs> living on a sailboat uh, down off of Vancouver Island. Well, those both sound nice. No, but I never... They sound nice, but uh, it's not where I'm at. It's, where, <laughs> it's not where I'm at, right? Yeah. So what's what does it look like for you now? Do you have any projects you're thinking of? Are you going to expand on those drawings or any ideas? We were talking, you were asking me about being busy and, and finding time for art. And, and we yeah. both agreed that there's always, there's it ebbs and flows. But if we want to, we can make art anywhere yeah absolutely um well we also talked a little about deadlines um because you had mentioned like having deadlines really helps you get work done and and i'm absolutely the same way um those barnacles for example uh i was really grateful to be able to show them so quickly i just finished them at the end of november and having that deadline to work towards was really helpful for me Mm um i We'll be showing that work again in September in Bonavista, Newfoundland. Oh, nice. Which is pretty exciting. Uh, and then the things are on their way to Okotoks uh, in the fall as well. So those are a couple of things that I have uh, on the horizon. But uh, that's that's for work that's already completed. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to make anything for that. It's just all the administration of, you know, figuring oh, out no. what goes where and answering the emails and getting the crates made and shipping and all of that kind of thing. Um, But as far as new projects, well, I just deep cleaned my studio yesterday. (laughs) And then I just sat there and stared at it. I... (laughs) define deep like deep cleaning a studio i okay so it's like it's like sparkling well no i wouldn't say it's (laughs) sparkling um but you know the the process of making those barnacles you know there was plasticine there was liquid plastics there was foam you know so there was a lot of residue uh, that Mm -hmm. needed to be cleaned out so that's all all done now and i'm ready for something new and I I do have a lot of ideas it's just kind of deciding on what I'm going to settle um in my practice I tend to respond to kind of whatever's around me so whether that's like a material or an idea imagery kind of working through from my last project and one thing that I was uh gifted um while doing the satellites were two very very large satellites we're talking like 10 foot (laughs) radius um so i really am excited to do something with those i won't be making large barnacles for those can't can't afford (laughs) it yeah that would be Um, uh, quite the feat (laughs) yeah um if if uh, you do look on my social media kind of backlog you'll see me even like fighting with the largest barnacle that i made which is maybe like well, I don't know. I can fit my body in it like a turtle. So it's pretty big. Yeah. Um, I can't I can't go bigger than that at this time due we'll to financial your, restrictions. We're going to put your, uh, your <laughs> social media uh, contact information in, 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 in sure. <laughs> the description of the podcast. But so you can't make it any larger. That, that's still pretty large. It's still pretty big. I mean, I, maybe one day I will, but... Um, the materials are actually pretty, it's pretty expensive to make rubber molds and mm-hmm. cast plastics. So that's, uh, I did have a grant from BC Arts Council in support of, of the materials for that work, but that is spent. 
Mm-hmm. There's no more barnacles at this time, but hopefully there will be in the future. Did you write the Did you write the grant yourself, or I, did you have somebody? No, I wrote it. That's a talent all in itself. <laughs> That's a challenge. Yeah, you know, a lot of people when I think when they imagine artists working, they think of us, you know, in our studios, maybe kind of painting away or sculpting or whatever. Mm-hmm. When you know, so much of art making is is research and a great deal of administration, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, research about what kind of grant you might write, what you're going to write in your grant, what materials you need to use, what the cost of those materials mm-hmm. is, you know, how how that work is going to be situated when it's complete, you know, what galleries are you going to apply to. So yeah. there's a great there's a great deal that goes behind kind of all of all of having an art practice. And we really just want to make stuff. It's true. I wish I could make things all day, every day. I talked to Darren Corbier and we were talking. He he spent some time at Arts BC down in Kelowna, I think it was Kelowna. And uh, we were talking about how, about that, the same thing you were just saying, you know, there's, there's like, okay, there's marketing, there's, there's accounting, there's, uh, there's writing, writing grants, or there's or there's studying grants, and which grants can I get, and what are they for, and 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 then also submissions and and updating, updating uh, CVs, and there's all these all the paperwork that goes along with it. Where re- so you end up with thirty percent of the time making art, and the other seventy percent is administrative stuff. Yeah, so true. So. I will be doing some of that in the near future because I do want to share that work more broadly. Um, and then these these huge satellites that I have, I'm really hoping, well, one of my ideas for them is to cross-stitch them because they're kind of, they're so large they have like a mesh, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty cool, kind of lends itself to a giant cross-stitch. Uh, so no, I get it. I, I can I can see it. I can picture, but I'm just wondering what sort of image you're going to put on. That's the question that I've kind of been running through at the moment yeah. is uh, doing some research to figure out what it is that I want to put on there. Uh, so that's that's one thing in the works. Um, I also have some applications out for some uh, residencies, which would uh, work for collaborative uh, projects. So one of the things I got to do when I was in Kamloops was run a barnacle making workshop, which was pretty fun. I had artists join me from that community. They made their own version of a barnacle, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a, on a smaller scale, like fist sized. And um, I taught them how to uh, make a mold of that. And we made an alginate mold, which is a one-time mold mm-hmm. out of like gelatin, essentially. Yeah. And then cast it in plaster. So that was a really fun project. And I'd love to do a community engaged installation around like other people's kind of version of what a barnacle is or could be. Mm -hmm. So a few things kind of percolating and uh, we'll see what happens. I, you know, as you said, I've been back for a week. That's (laughs) it. Yeah. (laughs) From my adventures. So still kind of recuperating and. Yeah, now that the studio is clean, it's ready for the next thing. So your process, like, do you? I, it's probably not a, a, a process set in stone. A lot of times, like, say for myself, I have an idea, and then suddenly it just takes off. Mm-hmm. 
Do you, is yours the same way or is yours a little more methodical? Uh, that's a great question. It's sometimes the same <laughs> and sometimes not. Yeah. Um, the thing sculptures, for example, they're really easy easy to make. I say easy in that, you know, it's it's wire and me and mm-hmm. a pair of pliers. That's kind of all that's required to make those. And so if I have a form or an idea that I want to make, um, it doesn't come together quickly, but I can work on it, you know, here and there, right away, don't need anything, mm-hmm. don't need a grant, don't need to order fancy materials from Vancouver. I can just go. Um, the barnacles percolated really slowly for quite some time, and then after I knew I wanted to do them, it was probably almost a year and a half before I actually started working on them mm-hmm. because of the kind of process that I needed to undergo to make them. So... To answer your question, yeah, I like a little bit of a little bit of both, bit and of both. I I like working in different materials um, for that reason that I can have like a project that's you know kind of bigger in scope and more labor intensive, mm-hmm. or I can have a project that's like quick and I can do it like while I'm talking to my friends or maybe like watching Netflix or yeah. you know it can kind of come together do in you, smaller um, parts. Do you find that having a studio like is a studio? In your residence? Yeah. So do you find having this a studio space uh, so available is is a, is a plus or a minus? Uh, for me, I think it's a, a plus. Um, I've had studios in the past that weren't at my home. And what I loved about them is the social aspect that mm-hmm. they brought to my life because there were other artists there. So it was nice to have a community to be able to like bounce ideas off of people, to have like coffee breaks and Mm -hmm. hang out. Um, But with working full time, if I didn't have my studio at home, I would never go there. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, So I work like both within my house and then as well, we have like a, a detached studio. It's, Mm -hmm. um, uh, it used to be a mechanics shop mm-hmm. that my partner and I both work in uh, yeah. as we're both artists. And it's only like wood heat, so you got to like this time of year fire up the stove. Fire up the stove 2 hours before you want to be in there, but um it's it's great. It's it's a really awesome space. I have a, a space outside in the it's an insulated garage, so it's like a workshop, but it's not heated. It it had a couple heaters in, but I wasn't sure how to. You know those oil heaters that are like look like radiators. Yeah. I do not know how to operate those. I turned it on. I started sparking and smoking, and I thought, okay, I'm just gonna leave that. Now shut it off. So I haven't really turned that space into, but there's space in the basement that I use. I find though that I'm like I can sit there and go, oh, I can go down anytime I want, and I never <laughs> make it down. Oh really? To the studio, yeah. Yeah. So. That's well, why I asked the question. It is a good question. Yeah. I I mean, I, I guess it depends on where you are in that moment or... Well, know. what do you do if you get blocked? If um, Well, great question. I, I don't find that I'm blocked very often. I have a really, like, excitable imagination. But also, it takes me a really long time to do what I do. Mm-hmm. So 
I can relate to that idea of like feeling blocked or like needing to devote all your attention to something because I find when I'm working on drawings that I need to be totally there. Mm-hmm. Um, with the wire sculptures, I can always do prep if I don't feel like making making. So mm-hmm. I might just like make components of them and then combine them into a piece like when I'm feeling a bit, you know, more excited. Um, and then with the barnacles, after I had made my plasticine originals, it was just labor. Like, I don't know if you can, you know. No, I can relate. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so there's nothing to be blocked about. It's like this silicone needs another layer. Mm-hmm. this urethane needs to be mixed and poured. Like it's it's so different from the experience of like painting or drawing where you need to be like present and feeling it. it it's just manual labor. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I find if I can set myself up to have a few of those different projects on the go, then I have an artwork to do for kind of whatever I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. So if I really want to like zone and focus, I can work on a drawing. If I'm just working for like an hour at night while I'm watching Netflix, I can work on wire. And if I just like need to move around because I've been sitting at my desk all day, then I can go and like <laughs> labor over the labor over the barnacles. Over the barnacles. Yeah. Um, biggest fear. Biggest fear in art. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a rough one. Um, that nothing I'm doing matters. Why am I doing it? <laughs> Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, what artist doesn't feel those things or do you not feel them? I don't. I never thought of it. Actually. Oh, really? <laughs> so I shouldn't say what artist doesn't feel those things. At the risk of sounding awfully pretentious, <laughs> I never thought about whether it matters. I think my my biggest fear is not being able to get out, get out of my head what I or get out, get what's in my head out onto whatever that would be to me is uh, the, the, a big fear hmm. but uh whether it matters or not i guess now i'm gonna worry about that. oh please don't <laughs> no I, I won't <laughs> i i argue as myself a lot i mean i i work in the arts i make art my partner's an artist a lot of my friends are artists you, you know i'm kind of in it all the time mm-hmm. right and so sometimes you know, I, I go through times where I feel less optimistic about what I'm doing or I feel um, overwhelmed by society's value of mm-hmm. art and artists. Okay, that I understand. Okay, yeah. yeah. When you put it that way, I get actually <laughs> the thought every once in a while pops in is like, what's what what's the use? Like, what am I doing? Yeah. Does it? Okay. All right. So that may. Okay. I get it. When you put it that way, I understand. Taking a real dark turn. Um. Okay. Well, let's bring it back to the. Well, there's cookies in the dark side. Yeah. But there isn't really. They lied. Well, you know, I I think it's just about art making is an endurance game and it's about, you know, practicing resilience and believing in what you do kind of no matter what, Mm -hmm. right? no matter what other people think or if you can show it or not or if other people think it's valuable or not. Um, I think I spend a lot of time kind of coming to terms with I'm going to make it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Despite whatever those feelings are. Do um, Oh, I had a question here. Um, it was do... 
Uh, I totally forgot. So it couldn't have been too important. It was something about, um, oh, do you really worry political correctness and your art? Do you worry about those two? Like, do you worry about your art being politically correct? Or do you worry, um, have you ever thought, oh, I can't, I can't make that because it might be politically sensitive or sensitive to whoever, some segment of society? Um, I think about those theme, like those, um, considerations quite a bit, uh, especially within my day job working at the gallery. We always mm -hmm. want to make sure that we're presenting artists work in a respectful way and that we're being respectful to kind of all segments of the population. Um, within my own practice, I worry about it less, but I also don't tend to use, um, I guess, imagery or techniques that might be um, considered not mine to use. And so I haven't, I haven't really worried about that. I, I used to worry uh, quite a lot, and I, and I still do uh, often, um, about environmental impact of what I was doing and what I was making, mm -hmm. which is actually what led me to weaving wire one of the things that led me to Weaving Wire in the first place was trying to find a way to work that was had kind of zero impact. And so, I mean, that's just, it's recycled material and mm -hmm. it's my fingers. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty, it's pretty uh, environmentally friendly. However, um, since then, you know, I've, I've used quite a lot of materials that are not as environmentally friendly. And that's, you know, I mean, that's just a consideration of our time. Mm -hmm. with everything that we do in our life and we we make choices that are more or less good every day mm -hmm. and art making is is part of that so that that's kind of i think the closest worry that that i have um i don't know i i mean people could potentially be i guess offended by a barnacle they're kind of a <laughs> they're kind of a vulva form yeah you yeah. know no, i um, never thought of that all i thought was a barnacle <laughs> Now, no. now what are you going to see? Now what I'm going <laughs> to see? I'm going to, I'm going to just like, oh, I can't have you on my social media feed any longer. <laughs> um, the things, they're so playful. Yeah. So I never really, I guess, yeah, some, I don't know where it popped into my head the question about political correctness. I'm, I'm on this sort of um, political correctness always means having to say you're sorry. You know, when really we're not out to offend, like you say, we make choices and the choices to make art and and how other people perceive it, I guess, is is how they perceive it. And it it's OK if we're not if we're not intentionally trying to offend someone. Well, I mean, I think sometimes art is intentionally trying to offend people um, and, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. Sometimes political statements are, are offensive, um, depending on what the message is. You know, I think we want to be, as, a, as an artist personally, I want to be um, respectful of people and society. Um, but I also want to carry my message. And, you know, I hope that all artists can find a voice that they feel comfortable sharing and that is also shared you know, as responsibly as it can be with the knowledge that they have. 
that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Twyla. Um, that was a that was a great ending for this episode, and and hopefully when you're when you're done and you get your your big ten foot yeah. satellites <laughs> and the cross stitch pattern, I can kind of see it. I just I'm curious about the pattern. Um, can you give us your Facebook and do you use Facebook? Um, my Facebook is is I do have a Facebook. It's just my name, Twyla Exner. Uh, it's not super active. You can yeah. find me more on Instagram, which is at twyla.exner. Mm-hmm. And then I have a website, which is twylaexner.com. Great. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you. All right. This episode was recorded at the studios of 93.1 CFIS-FM in Prince George, British Columbia, produced and edited at Strange Trip Studios. If you want to check out any of our other great content, such as podcasts, video interviews, and blogs, just go to artsnorthbc.wixsite.com or check us out on Facebook, ArtsNorthBC. For Arts North, I'm your host, Michael Cast. Thanks for listening.